Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode brought to you by Verilux. I found out about Verilux when I was pregnant and looking for a UVC light to help keep my hospital room sanitized without the use of chemical antibacterial cleaners. They're the original creators of happy light therapy lamps, which may help people with low energy, fatigue, and even the winter blues benefit from and feel the effects of light therapy in as little as two to four days. I really love what this company is up to, and I'm so excited they're offering our listeners 25% off with code FULLEST25. Check them out and let me know what you think. You can always find me personally on Instagram at Nikki Bostwick. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Morning Matcha. Today's guest is Emily Schultz, who's the founder of Pop-Up Grocer, and she's a master CPG curator. Hi. (laughs) Hi. What an introduction. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so happy we're here today and that you're here in Venice. So exciting to have you on the West Coast. And I'm really excited to just kind of chat more a little bit about Pop-Up Grocer in general and how you got started. I know we talked a little bit in New York and where we finally met. And that was your second pop-up, right? That I went to? Yeah. Yep. So the first one was in April of last year or... Yeah, yeah, you did your homework. I, well, we did an article on it. <laughs> oh, yes, right. Of course, of course. On the yeah. fullest. So I remember that. But yeah, I'm just so curious to, you know, hear about your journey before Pop-Up Grocer. And yeah. you were in the CPG space. So what was your experience before? What got started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been in the CPG food and beverage space for the entirety of my career. I was at a um, small food startup uh, in the early stages of its existence, um, in the early stages of you know my 20s. Uh, and after college or did you yeah. go to college? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to college. Um, you know, I went to a liberal arts school. Um, I, I mastered or I, I majored in business, but really I majored in socializing. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I got my real world education through internships mm-hmm. uh, and doing like social media and marketing. So then I went on to this to do that at this food startup. Is it um, something that we would know of? The yeah, brand? it's Chobani. It's the oh, cool. major Greek yogurt and you company, worked there yeah. in its startup stage? Yeah, so it was like a tiny it was a tiny little company. I think I was the th- third person on the marketing team. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. So, um it was incredible first-hand experience like a real-world MBA, you know. Um, yeah, and I've heard such incredible things about the founder. Yeah, and I mean like the founder to be able to mm-hmm. work with. Yeah. I mean, he's everything I'm sure you've heard. It's such an incredible story, like rags to riches. So cool. American story, business story. Yeah. And um, th- just kind of touching on Chobani for a second, was that with Chobani that that was his story or had he been in the space before and you were really able to learn or was it more like everyone was kind of learning from each other? Everyone was definitely learning together. I mean, he'd had a cheese company prior to Chobani and I don't, I uh, won't pretend to know like yeah. the exact details of that um, and had been in the dairy industry for some time, uh, but had never run a business like this that was as successful as it was. And similarly, everyone on the team had never done what they were doing mm-hmm. respectively before. So, yeah. So it was really a nurturing environment in cool. that way um, to nurture my career. Yeah. What so a then, great opportunity. Yeah. Oh, How yeah, long like, were you there? I was there for um, 
maybe four years. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the company grew faster than like Facebook and Twitter combined at the time or something. Like Whoa. when I left, it was a billion dollar company. I think maybe it was Within like four years, a hundred million dollar company, uh, when I started. Yeah. Wow. So, which is still like massive. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's mass product. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then I left there and I went on to be a consultant uh, for emerging food com companies, helping them in a similar capacity with what I'd done there. Uh, and I've been doing that for like the past six or seven years. And then from that uh, morphed what's now Pop-Up Grocer. Yeah. Do you, um, so you went on your own, which is a huge step already to do that, but you, that requires so much confidence and so what was that like just before because that builds your confidence to then go on into a, a project like this and start a yeah. whole business yeah um like how did you find business you know or was it great question <laughs> like people would come to you yeah huh? I I wish I could look back like now I'm all the wiser and I can give great advice like looking back getting into consulting was very accidental mm -hmm. um I really took some time off because in my twenties working for that company, it was my whole life. Like yeah. I had no friends. I had no hobbies. I was a very uninteresting single <laughs> dimension person. Um, I can't imagine that. No, no, no. Okay. Like a hundred, a hundred percent. Uh, I don't even know that woman anymore, wow. but, uh, but yeah, so, so I, I just sort of like, uh, took a little bit of time off and did some thinking about what I wanted to do. But in the course of that, uh, some people reached out to me, uh, having known where I'd left and wanting to work with me. And so then I kind of accidentally became a consultant. It wasn't until maybe two years ago too, I would even kind of own that yeah. title. Uh, cause it just didn't really feel some, like something I was so intentional about. Um, but it but, worked, but well. it worked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. It worked well enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and in addition to my client, uh, one-on-one -on -one content, branding consultant consultancy um I also always had like another project going on and usually in the event space um so you for yourself or for others for others so like I um I created a food conference in partnership with another woman um, Fun. what was it and called and it was called bitten and we had like between 20 to 25 speakers on stage giving like short kind of, um, Ted like talks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, and I think in our second year we had over 400 people in attendance. So, uh, it was successful. It, it might still be ongoing in some capacity. I, I don't know. Um, and then I created another event series around creativity called thing of wonder, um, oh my gosh. And that wonder. was, yeah. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love, I love wonder as a name. Um, so yeah, so that was really fun. Um, and I guess pop-up course kind of makes sense to me in that it morphs my more traditional marketing CPG background with this kind of creative events production yeah. area in which I've been really curious to. Yeah. It's the perfect marriage of it all. It is. What would you say was just one of the things that or that you found in general that's just kind of makes it different the way you approach marketing in the CPG space with pop-up grocer. Yeah. With pop-up grocer and other brands that you worked with and like kind of what you've learned. Mm. I mean, food brands are definitely changing and coming around to understanding that they brand really, and that they need to be about something so much more than just the products and the integrity of their ingredients, even, um, 
because we're at this point where that's kind of like table stakes. Like mm -hmm. that's the status quo. Like everyone wants to eat better. You, you should be GMO free. You sh maybe you should be trying to be organic or you mm -hmm. should be responsibly sourced, whatever. Like you're not going to win at shelf. That's not going to be your differentiating factor. Mm -hmm. So you need to be about something much bigger. And I think they're really starting to get that. And we're seeing a lot of interesting brands result in this space, but it's taken some time um, for them to, to kind of, you know, match like, uh, cars or, I don't know, cleaning supplies even that have yeah. kind of understood that for some time. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And it's difficult to probably tell a brand that too. Cause they're like, well, we're, we taste really good right. and we have amazing ingredients and okay. Our branding's good, but it's like, what else? Right. What's the story? Yeah. What do I you mean, inspire? in every category is oversaturated now mm -hmm. too. You know, there's so much investment in food, which just, I honestly do think it's large in part uh, due to Chobani. It kind of like kicked off the understanding uh, in other categories that there, there was a real business opportunity here, like at a mass scale. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's just so much money in the food space. There's so much competition. Uh, you know, you can't just put your granola bar, your protein bar out there. Uh, in the way that you could five or 10 years ago and have people notice you. you yeah. really, and, and again, that was one of the reasons behind the creation of Pop-Up Grocer is that it's just really a challenge for these brands to have the, that visibility. visibility. Yeah. So that inspired Pop-Up Grocer or what else? Yeah. From a, that's like the boring business side of it. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I wanted my clients, those that I was intimately involved with to get the visibility that yeah. I knew they deserved from having really amazing products. Um, and then selfishly as a consumer, I was privy to all of these amazing brands that were out there, but there wasn't one central location where I could find them. Yeah. Um, so I basically just, it's a totally selfish pursuit. I just wanted to create the place that I wanted to shop in. And it's um, gorgeous. Thank you. Like thank it you. needs to be a full on like your, or I mean, every single day store. Like I want to go there every day. I don't want it to just it's be a, a happy, up. it's a happy place for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's very intentional. Like even if Whole Foods has some of the products that I want to buy, for example, mm -hmm. I don't enjoy being in there. Yeah. It's dark. It it doesn't feel like a place where I want to spend money either. Like yeah. nothing feels special in there. Um, and so I really wanted to create a place where every product felt like it was worthy of its price tag. Um, it was worthy of my time because, you know, you do have to spend time reading labels and um, investigating whether it's something that you want to put in your body. Mm -hmm. um, and most grocery stores don't create that environment for you. No. And you guys do a lot of events too. And right? we do a lot of events. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're doing one together. Yes, we in are. February, but I, I mean, you know, you don't see grocery store. I mean, air one does that, but it's a lot more, um, health focused Yeah, and that's great. But I, you guys have bridged this gap between just culture as well and bringing, you know, up to date, I don't know, topics into the store. And yeah. I really love and admire that because it's more than just, again, it's, it's not just about the food. It's about the mindset and the mentality and, and what you can learn from each other. And I, yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Me too. I mean, we're living in a time I'll go like really weird here, but like, yeah. you know, we're living in a time where like, we don't have organized religion. We don't have neighborhoods. We have a new sense of family. Um, so, you know, we're looking to soul cycle and, uh, all of these alternative places to find a sense of community. And I don't understand why your grocery store 
can't be that also. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. It's, it's almost like a pop-up grocer is your neighborhood bodega in like a way more elevated way, but you feel like it's more intimate, but it's beautiful too. And, and you guys have done all the work for people so they don't necessarily have to research too much, but if they want to, they can like I would probably just sit there and read everything just because I want to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely want to do a lot of that work for you and that you can, it's a place of trust also. Like you can come in and trust everything on the shelf. Yeah. Um, because it's been carefully selected mm-hmm. by us. Um, so what would you say is the difference between like the first pop-up grocer and how it's evolved? Has it evolved much since you launched it? Yeah, I mean like slight things like... um uh, the duration, it was just 10 days for the first one. Wow. Uh huh. I wanted it. I was, I was, um, preparing my like new year's reflection post or whatever. And so I wanted to find the very first email that I'd sent about pop-up grocer and I found it and it actually, I guess my original idea was to do three days, oh which gosh, like is so insane. Much yeah. And I like people wrote me that actually in the feedback because my initial email was just, hey, guys, you know, to trusted people like, hey, guys, I have this idea. Please let me know what you would think if you would pay to participate in this, whatever. Um, and yeah, a lot of people were like, I don't think it should be three days. Yeah. <laughs> so thank God, because from a production standpoint, it's a lot to do to then so shut much. it down yeah. in, a, in a flash like that. Um, so it was 10 days. Yeah. So it was 10 days. Um, you know, uh, the space was, uh, we had smaller budget. So the space was, um, different in its design. Uh, It was a little scrappier in its nature. Um, what else has changed? I mean, the general structure of it has remained the same. We, in the first one, we had a hundred brands. Now we have, you know, between 150 and 175, uh, close to 400 products. So it's a little bit larger, uh, in scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the most exciting change is that now we're moving into new markets. So yeah. we've had two in New York, we'll open in LA, um, on February 7th. And then we open in Austin, um, oh. on April 17th. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. And I'm just trying, it's just me traveling with my grocery store this year. So Whoa. I live in LA now and then I'll live in Austin and I don't know where my address will be quite yet after that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So fun. We're going to do an unwell in Austin. Are you? um, End of March. But I want to now move it. Yeah. So that it can be like around the same time. Well, we should be more proactive maybe about um, timing alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the last one, how funny is that? The last one you did was when we were doing unwell in New York. How weird. Right. I think we just opened when you guys... Was it the was day th- that same weekend? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like you opened, it was, you had your opening party that night and then the next day was our right. conference. How yeah. crazy. Well, well, we should be intentional. About I know. That, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So funny. So yeah. I mean, I want to hear about how someone goes about from like emailing people. I mean, yeah, you've been working with a lot of brands, so you know, they want the visibility, you know what they need and you had this beautiful idea and it worked, but obviously I mean, how does it work? Like, do you ask them to pay to be part of it? And how do you grow that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, I've been in this industry for some, for the entirety of my short career. Um, and I obviously have contacts and clients and that was a good starting place. Um, but I love to just encourage people. Like I really just followed a series of steps and I emailed 
like Gmail is probably going to kick me off, yeah. you know, like <laughs> I emailed a lot of people, yeah. um, to get the hundred people that we got to participate originally. So, yeah. you know, I really, am a true believer that like, if you want to do something, you just have to do it. And that's the hardest part is just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm aware of my, again, I'm aware of my privilege and many things that set yeah, me in a certain foundation, but still, but it, foundational level, but yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, our business model is structured in that we are a way in which these brands are are advertising essentially. Um, and I love what we do because we're advertising for them without a whiff of advertising. So if you come into our store, we're not pushing anything on Mm -hmm. you. Um, and you really, you really want to experience these brands and their products. So, um, each brand pays us a showcase fee to participate. Uh, and that's the way in which we're able to operate covers our operative expenses. Uh, and then they get the majority of the large majority of sales from their products. So, Oh, they get sales back. Yeah. Oh, so they give you product. They give us the product. Oh, and then, okay. That makes sense. So it's almost like it's a direct to consumer um, sale essentially because they make most of it, but they're paying you fees. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I mean, when I was working with so many brands, they would pay to do sampling like at Wanderlust or, you know, some kind of festival or conference or something, um, or, you know, more specifically, they'd pay to participate in a trade show. So that's how I was coming at it was like, why wouldn't you pay for visibility among consumers? But we also get influencers, media, buyers, investors. Um, so it's more bang for your buck, really. Um, and not I really I didn't even have the experience to think like how we would operate as a retail store. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like people would email me and write, oh, so it's basically consignment. And like I'd go over to Google and be yeah, like, what is consignment? consignment? <laughs> And then craft my response. Like, yeah. oh, yes, actually, <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that sounds like me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, I'm I mean, like, what's CPG? Oh, yeah. okay, got it. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm doing? Okay. okay. I mean, cool. when I had my first marketing job, the VP of marketing would always use the term deck, and I would just nod my head. And then one day I went home and I had to Google it. Just like, that's what? So oh, a PowerPoint. Yeah, exactly. Why do we just call it that? <laughs> like, in school, it's called PowerPoint, yeah. but in the workplace, it's a deck. So funny. Yeah. Or a kit. Yeah. I don't know how people did anything before Google. I know. It's, yeah. It's my education. It's so awesome. Education. And now it's like at the palm of our hands, not yeah. a whole laptop situation yeah. pulling it out. Right. So funny. So that's obvious. That's really brilliant to be able to grow the brand and op- and just cover your operating expenses yeah. that way and have a plan and. I mean, it's tough. It's not easy. And, you know, you need to also think about there's rent, there's having, so you're paying rent, right? Yep. And then your pop-up in Venice, how long is that going on for? It's 24 days exactly. So our lease is, you know, just a bit longer than that. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is it like 30 days? Yeah, like 30 and some change. So you're painting, you're sanding, you're doing a whole build out. Yep. How? Like that's, <laughs> well, that's, not, that's a question for our designer. I know. I was just having this conversation in uh, the car with my coworker. Like, I just, I'm not good with the in-between stages. I'm really good with the final stages. Yeah, so same. I don't even understand exactly <laughs> what goes on in the middle because I would just be annoying too. Like, uh, not helping nitpicking. <laughs> yeah. So your designer um, also, like, how did you find the crew that's actually doing the work and labor? Or is it, you know, just 
your friends and everyone just kind of getting together and helping out? Yeah, um, it's definitely, I mean, my designer hires a, a labor team. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so grateful for her because if we, if I didn't find her, we would have hired an agency that obviously would have been much more expensive. A lot, yeah. Um, you know, we've even looked at increasing our budget to allow for a more sophisticated production team. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then the only way to continue to operate would be to increase our fee to our brands. And then that would limit our ability to work with small brands. All of a sudden, you know, we'd have these massive CPG companies and it would That's be discoverable and like, yeah. bye. Okay, we're dead. Um, I know. So... Yeah, it's really important, at least to date, for us to be as lean as we've been and be as, um, you know, scrappy. Uh, so, so yeah, but I mean, uh, I found her on Instagram, so. Wow. <laughs> Where else, right? Where it's else do you so find crazy. anyone in 2020? How, I know, like yeah. how wonderful Instagram is and yeah. how also awful yeah. it is. Yeah, <laughs> but it really is. I, I mean, I think if you only focus on how wonderful it is and how it, I mean, we met basically not through Instagram, but like someone pitched it, probably a writer pitched yeah. it to us. Who knows how she met you, yeah. but I don't know. We met through Instagram. We talked through Instagram. Then I finally came by and saw you. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, the number of opportunities that we've had just even from people saying that like we're brand aligned because of um, our Instagram content, like mm -hmm. they go and they, they look at, of course, you know, images of the store there, but like whatever graphics we're creating or whatever and brands like Urban Outfitters are willing to work with us. It's just, yeah, That's it's, really it's cool. amazing from a connections and mm -hmm. ease of visibility standpoint. Um, but it's, yeah, but it's also a black hole that can lead to yeah. lack of productivity, shame, guilt. <laughs> I know, negativity. I was yeah, just talking to someone things. about that. Yeah. Who has a really big presence on Instagram, but she's like, every day I want to delete it. Yeah, it's, I sort of notorious, this just makes me sound like a massive narcissist, but whatever, but I sort of notoriously like just put out content. Yeah, I actually don't really take don't, it in. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time watching stories or, or scrolling through the feed at all yeah I yeah. think that's the way to do it because your brain just gets so fried yeah and then I don't yeah. know it becomes like one blob yeah but um going back to pop-up grocer because I'm seriously obsessed with it <laughs> and I I mean I really am from all angles all well, the things you. that you've curated to the events that you're doing to the spaces and and just how you're able I mean like you said it's really complicated to have this um this brand that you're growing, knowing that you have high operating costs and not right now, like you're lean, but it still costs a lot. It yeah. costs money to have, to pay rent, to do a build out, to, um, to travel, to do this, to stay somewhere. I to mean, have there's retail a lot. staff. Yeah. To staff the actual yeah. space. Yeah. Incidentals, and like our curtain wouldn't stop following. So last time <laughs> that it hid like our stock room, I paid a task rabbit, probably 500, you know, it's yeah. just, these things add up. Insurance, liability. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That one's really fun. Got a year plan this time. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. And, and yet you're, you're doing it and, and you have a vision to grow it and, and the growth model doesn't look like big brands, but it, you know, so I think it's really inspiring and I, well, I think it's really interesting to talk about just because I love talking about this stuff. I think it expands my mind and yeah. other people's minds and worlds to see what goes behind 
creating something like this because it's not just an Instagram account. Yeah. It, there's so much that goes into it. And and also, like, there are a lot of people in New York City. So getting the word out about Pop-Up Grocer maybe was easier in a way. I don't know. But in Venice, it's great because there are so many people walking around where right. you will be. But it's interesting. Like, how do you get the word out? Like, you create yeah. this beautiful space, but now what? Yeah. Well, again, I mean, that's where I'm great grateful for for social media because if people come in and have an amazing or it's impressive it's remarkable mm -hmm. I'm hoping that then they'll share it yeah um, and that's what spawned a lot of foot traffic for us even in yeah an overpopulated place like New York but yeah I mean foot traffic in these new cities is going to be a learning experience mm -hmm. um, and there's a part of me that likes to believe because it's a convenient theory for me yeah that it might mm -hmm. be even better because we're we're picking these areas and new cities that are a little bit more of like the main drag. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas the rent that we've been able to afford in New York is, is within a very a high, high traffic area, but is the off, off the beaten path part. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm hoping there's a lot of like local, but also tourist traffic there. Um, but, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a learning experience for sure. And like, how did you negotiate your leases? Again, yet another thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> I just pay the bill. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. But I'm, it's like, you know, finding the space that is in a specific location for only this period of time. Oh, yeah. For this much money. I mean, pop-up spaces uh, are much more prevalent in New York, too. That's yeah. something that we've already learned is the vacancies are more frequent in the areas in which we want to be because I was just like, Oh, I'll come to LA and I'll be on Abbott Kinney and I'll be there for 24 yeah. days and I'll be able to afford it. It's going to be great. And, then, like, <laughs> and no. then I talked to like two people in LA and they said, Oh, there are no vacancies on Abbott Kinney. You need to get them like six months in advance at least, you know, blah, blah. You need to know the landlord. So, but you still made it work and you're pretty much on Abbott Kinney. Just pretty much right. a little yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, I, I think which isn't a good area. Actually. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I say this a lot, but like I think one of the most important things for me as a businesswoman was just to is just to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And then if things don't work out exactly like you will find a way to, to make it work out some way, maybe not how you'd perfectly envisioned it from the start. Mm -hmm. But like I'm just like, all right, we're going to L.A. Mm -hmm. And then once you we make that it. decision and you're public about it, that and motivates me yeah. too. Um, then I'm like, oh, well. That's what I'm, I'm going doing. to LA. Yeah. <laughs> That's like us with our conferences. We're like, oh, okay, we have four coming up. All right, let's get some phone calls with some brands now. Right. Yeah, because you've already committed to you've committed to yourself. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's just, we're going and we'll figure out the details of it. And it usually, because you're motivated to do so, it usually does pan out. It'll happen. Yeah. So do you think the future is um, stores that are, what do you say? Like not pop-ups? I'm having a brain. More like more permanent, yeah, long-term. Yeah, permanent brick and mortars. Yeah. Or is it online? Or is it a marriage of the two? Or what yeah. do you think? I think I'm sure I don't thought about it a lot. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to learn a lot from entering new markets. Mm -hmm. We are, um, now I'm like say things publicly and commit to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess that's what I'm doing now, but we're hoping to, uh, launch e-com with the opening of the LA store. That's huge. Um, so that'll be another massive learning. <gasps> yeah. It's going to be in a very minimal capacity, like drop ship. It's not, it's going to be 
it's not like all of a sudden now I'm buying a warehouse and yeah. um, so it'll be coming directly from the brands, but it would be meaningful insight to us just to understand if that's something that people want uh, from us as an online curation um, and buying ability. So that's a I, big deal. It's right a big, there. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I know that how, what, how that goes. I know having a website and then yeah. managing, yeah, just the, keeping the your website going and yeah. not getting messed up in the drop ship and, and them shipping and who pays for shipping and how just all that. Mm -hmm. I probably don't even know, but I'm like, we're doing it and we're going to figure it out. It's going to be so great. And I really want to be part of that. So that's (laughs) exciting. Great. Good (laughs) for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, one piece of feedback we've gotten from people is in maintaining the pop-up. And then I think would continue to be a challenge in maintaining the pop-up experience is that we come, you love us, you want to then, continue to engage with us somehow. And we just don't currently have a way to do that. Um, and I'd love to think about other ways that we can do that beyond just buying things from us. Um, but you know, the large majority of people love us because they love the curation and they love these products that they wouldn't otherwise have been exposed to. Um, so I think that's the first point of recurring contact that makes sense for us, um, to, to activate online. Yeah. But I do kind of love the idea of continuing to pop up with e-com as opposed to committing to physical real estate. I'm not a hundred percent, you know, long-term, uh, brick and mortar. I'm not a hundred percent. Um, so maybe someone will convince me otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but I just know in my personal experience, I'm not excited buy a place that's always there. Yeah. Uh, I get bored with it very easily and we could frequently rotate the merchandise of course and reinvent ourselves aesthetically design wise maybe. Um, but I don't know if that's enough. You know, there are a lot of these models out there that are trying to do it. Um, and I'm also just kind of waiting to see, to how, see how, they, how that goes. Yeah, to I know see how that's they a really do. smart move. Yeah. I think it makes sense what you're saying. Like you come and then you go away and people are bummed. Right. But once you have the online, then it's perfect because it's sort of um, you're offering them the experience and then they get to have that same experience online. And mm-hmm. whether they buy from you or they engage with your content, that's like another story. But right. they can... And be part of this community that you've built where, I don't know, maybe it's because who is your customer? These are people that probably are, I don't know, just really savvy in this world yeah. too. Yeah. Maybe they have like, I, you know, this is going to be my first time being in your store, but I had a product. And so maybe it's people with products. Maybe yeah. it's people that want to create products. Maybe it's people that have a lot of insight into the type of product that you're curating. So they want to write a piece for you. Maybe you publish something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I just, I was on the phone with a, an investor the other morning actually. And I, I said something that I've continued to say, which is like, I just don't know if I want to be in the business of competing with Amazon either. Cause I just don't know if that's smart. Well, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. So I think being in the business of complementing some of these behemoths that I can't compete with as far as price, um, or delivery time, right. Convenience. Uh, but I can help elevate their product offering. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that people want 
just seems like the smarter business move. Um, it makes sense. But maybe I'll totally change my mind in six months and that's my prerogative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We'll yeah. It's so interesting. I'm excited to follow along and see what you create oh, and just really you. look up to you because well, I love that you do like, you're just going after it and you're seeing how it unfolds, well, but you're you. trying and thank you. And I think it's just really cool. It's cool well, to see you. what other women are creating. And, um, and I love all of the stuff you're doing and it's beautiful too. Well, thank you so much. It means a lot coming from you as I admire you. And I, I think all the time, like I'm a single woman with no children. Like I have all the time in the world, you know? And so I'm particularly, admire those that have other responsibilities and obligations in themselves. I'm very selfish. So. <laughs> no, no. Hey, it's good that you're doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, now is, now is the time. Yeah. And that's the best way to look at it. It's like now or never, you know, I just got to do it. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for joining yeah, me. Thank I'm you really for excited me. for, I think what this episode will probably come out right around the time Great. your store is open. So everyone should go check it out. Yes, we open on February 7th. We'll be open 9 to 7 every day through March 1st. So fun. And we will have saffron latte on yes. shelves. So come and get all of the saffron latte. It's going to be <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a comment or review, and share with your friends. I'm always reading our comments and love hearing from you, so keep in touch, and I'll see you next time.